Hey everyone, it's Noah Barnett, the VP of Marketing here at Feather and Happy New Year. We are back in the studio today. And as always on Fridays, my guest is New Tay. New, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Noah. Happy New Year. Likewise, Happy likewise. New Year's 2024. It is 2024 <laughs> and it's jumped in. Like, I feel like we jump started off the line uh, and it's already going strong. Yeah, for sure. Before we talk about like marketing and doing good marketing in 2024, like <laughs> how was your New Year's? Did you take break? Did you get to enjoy time with family? What did that look like for you and the Tay household? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the last week, it was like a lighter week. So I took a few days off. I had um, some family come in from Canada. And um, so it was like a bigger festive, um, a lot of festivities happening that week with, with my cousin in town. And he announced that um, he's engaged. So it was like super exciting. We, ha we, awesome. we um, met his, his, his fiance now, love her. So it was, yeah, it was super great. And I felt very warm um, and surrounded by a lot of love. How about you? How was yours? Yeah. Yeah, we stayed here in Arizona. It was a, a much chillier than usual during the season. Mm -hmm. You know, it was down in the the lower temps that we even see in Phoenix. But it was with family. We enjoyed kind of our family holiday. And then we had some extended family come into town. There's the bumps and bruises that I know many people experience over the holidays where, you know, sickness is awry right now, uh, especially when you have little kids. So we had some bumps and bruises along the way, but grateful to be back and ready to start a new year yeah that's great yeah i mean it's a time of year right you just gotta roll with the punches <laughs> exactly i think i think that's one thing i think even 2023 was it was kind of this like hilly year whether it was in the in whether it was in the the markets or whether it was just for personal and you know challenges in the to do good marketing uh in mm -hmm. our jobs uncertainty and then you know, flushed with opportunity, like we saw the market end at the highest it's, you know, ended in a while, like there's just a lot of things going on. And I think we're all just getting better at realizing every new year brings new challenges and all we can control mm -hmm. is what we can control. And mm -hmm. we can move along with everything else. Absolutely. Well, speaking of 2024, we <laughs> know that many right now are thinking about how they can build durable growth plans for 2024. I think durability is a big word I'm talking about with my team. I've heard other people use a similar word. Um, there's a lot of intention around how do we have a sustainable, durable, valuable plan, but still one designed for growth. And I think that's where good marketing can come into play. But what are you seeing as opportunities for marketers as they kind of continue to plan for 2024? Yep. Uh, I feel like 2023 was an interesting year because we, you know, went through the pandemic. We went through this huge growth period. And then last year was finally where it kind of like hit ahead and we can't go on this trajectory forever. And so I think 2024 is an opportunity to reflect back on um, the year before and understand what your goals are, who your audience is, and kind of how to connect the mission with um, evolving donor preferences and donor behavior. Um, and so in this particular brief, I want to kick off the new year and think, and as you know, organizations are kind of in the thick of planning 
strategical planning for the year ahead. Um, I really want to talk about like kicking old marketing habits, um, which essentially is, you know, looking back at what you're doing within your marketing and your fundraising and making sure that what you're doing is actually a strategic move versus just something that has always been done in your organization. And that is like the only reason why you're doing it. Um, and so this brief is really about with a lot of the resources, it really is about embracing change, being more adaptive and kind of evolving with the times and with, with your supporters. Yeah. It's something that every year I stress and I know others stress as well, but it's actually really difficult to do because you don't realize the habits you have that you should kick. And so one thing that <laughs> I know we reflected when I was talking to Tobes was you really need to have a conversation about mm -hmm. last year and almost like instead of it being just a planning session meeting, looking forward and say, okay, well, where do we go now? We need a map. Where are we going? You really need to take a pause, almost distance yourself a little bit. Maybe the holiday break was a good distancing and kind of lay everything out on the table and do what I like to call like, which is like an audit of sorts and say, hey, let's look at the programs we're running. Let's look at all those like events we did Let's look at kind of our major giving strategy or our member engagement strategy. Like what actually worked? What didn't work? And try to be that dispassionate analyst of your own work. Because yeah. often we overvalue the things we put the most into. Thus, we miss the opportunity to either assess them objectively or just kick them to the curb and be like, we don't have to carry our Facebook marketing strategy forward where we like still post and we get frustrated because engagement's going down. Mm -hmm. Or like, we don't have to keep sending the same weekly style newsletter email because like in reality, like we're doing it, but it, maybe it's not working that well. Or like yeah. that event that has been a historical event, like people are kind of burnt out on it and it's not really working. And the data said we spent more on it than we really made. And we're not yeah. making that up from new donor acquisition, like kind of just being what uh, I heard one time as a dispassionate analyst of just being like, let's look at this objectively. Let's look at the data. Let's just be honest. Let's do yeah. zero sum planning, meaning we're not carrying anything forward. Everything has to be put in the plan. There's not a plan that rolls over and then you adapt it. And I think that's mm -hmm. a key tactic I would recommend to our listeners yeah. and Tobes, who I spoke with, uh, Tobes Kelly had a lot of great insights on this as well Is like, how do we not carry things forward that don't work for us? How do we make sure that we're being a dispassionate analyst? How do we really look to how the ways we want our audience wants to connect with our cause is evolving? And how do we make sure that we focus less on just the channel evolution and rather what does our community actually want in doing? Like, how do they want to connect? And then let's focus on those channels not how do we use our channels to connect with our community? It's no, yeah. like, how is your community using channels to connect with you? And mm -hmm. then how are you investing in those? So lots of great tips in a recent interview I did with Tobes. Highly recommend link, uh, checking out the link in this week's brief. Absolutely. And I think um, from that conversation going into his um, New Year's Eve, some personal news newsletter is the resource that I shared this year is that... Um, it connects in a way because in order to figure out what works for your organization, you can't stay stagnant because you're never going to learn from what you're doing. And so he really emphasizes on experimentation in order to grow in um, this week's newsletter. 
that he sent out. And he talks a lot about first movers, which are like organizations who are open to trying new channels, trying new strategies and seeing what sticks. Um, and these organizations, these organizations are going to be the ones that are kind of going to be moving the needle in their growth, but also resonating more with the next generation of donors. Um, so don't be afraid to try new things because if it fails and you don't find a lot of success, then you are one step further than you were. Cause now, you know, now you can try something else and see what else sticks. Um, he also talked a lot about the Apple vision pro. Have you, have you seen that? So I've only heard about it from the launch, but honestly, I haven't kept mm -hmm. up with it. But I did hear it resurface this week and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's coming this year. But I don't I still don't yeah. know exactly how it's going to shape how we connect with our community. Yeah, I um, I saw the announcement and I thought it was just like another VR piece that you just put on your head. But apparently it acts like a computer. And so like mm. instead of having your laptop, your device or um, your desktop computer, you can kind of personalize what you see and the apps that you use based on this, um, I guess, a headset. Hmm. And what Tope says is that while, you know, it might be far reaching right now and like people might not have money to buy it immediately, it could be the future of advertising. He kind of sees it going that way, just like how when Apple released the iPhone, it was kind of like super innovative, very techy. Um, so I'm interested in like seeing how what the adoption rate is like um, and seeing how brands kind of move forward with that to see if they are able to connect with younger donors in this way. Absolutely. I think the other thing Tobes kind of and I chatted about in our conversation was this evolution of experience companies becoming more, more like advertising networks. And so or even like e-commerce and all of these other platforms where you would naturally consume one thing, but now they're adding, they're basically leveraging all the data they have through that experience design to begin better connecting their community to other offers. So like Uber has this now, like Target and Walmart have this, where you can actually advertise against their data network. There's other platforms that are continuing to evolve and become more and more of really advertising platforms versus experience companies in the same way, like social media, like had this great experience and this connectivity, and then they layered on advertising. Uh, United Airlines, I believe, is now layering on advertising where they're trying to create like a, you know, if you think about like how much data airlines have on you and like, and a population that's, you know, of maybe middle to upper class or professional or family travel, they kind of know all of this data on you. And how could they better connect you with offers? Um, I know, you know, Go, uh, GoFundMe and Classy previewed some stuff last year at Collaborative, where they're talking about how do you connect in the generosity ecosystem to people that are trying to connect through maybe a friend's cause? How do we then connect them to stay connected to the cause in a longer term way versus that independent need? There's just a lot of really interesting things going on where these owners of first party data are looking at ways to offer it as second party data, which basically means like you're getting first party data from a trusted source directly versus third party cookies in this conversation of like, where does that all go? So I'm very interested to see how the evolution of not only advertising goes, but just the ability for us to connect with our communities wherever they are. 
you know, whether it's on an airline or in an Uber or watching Disney plus or Netflix to, you know, wandering the web or scrolling social. Um, there's a lot of yeah. opportunities in there and I'm very interested to see how the places we connect with our audiences, um, continues to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to continue to change because I mean, what we've seen in 2023 is that brands and the people who have this high quality first party data are finding new ways to offer it and connect brands to like the people who they want to reach. So I'm very yeah. interested to see it, how it all unfolds this year. And um, if there's any shift to how people consume um, or like interact with brands. Absolutely. I think as we look ahead too, I think there's all these new shiny objects and a lot of people have been saying this in different ways, but there's a lot of opportunities and exciting things like even AI and the continued evolution mm -hmm. of that, these new connection opportunities, but it really fundamentally comes down to like, who is your audience in your community and how can you best connect them with your cause by cultivating connection and activating action? And that's what I love about mm -hmm. the good marketing framework we have, and we'll probably link it in the show notes as well. But it's really evergreen, like as the world changes, as channels change, as communities use different channels and evolve, it centers you back on what's most important. And that's what we try to talk about on this podcast and conversation every week. And in the newsletter is like, what does good marketing look like? And it's, it's um, cemented in this idea that you understand your community, you cultivate connection, and you activate action, and then you continue to learn more. And so regardless of how things evolve in 2024, I believe that the good marketing framework will still remain true because it's been true yeah. for 15 years since I've been doing nonprofit marketing. <laughs> and I think it will continue to be true. Um, it's yeah. always encouraging to look for the things that sustain truth. I often ask this to my podcast guests, like what it, there's a lot of things changing, but what is still true today? And those are the things mm -hmm. that we should hold on to tighter. And I think that's what I'm walking into 2024 is like, what is sustained truth? And how do we yeah. continue to use that to inform how we think about good marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, More to come. We'll I mean, find out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right before the year ended, you know, fundraising and effectiveness project released their um, Q3 results, which shows the trend of donors aren't giving like they used to. There's a continuous drop in um, the number of donors that are giving to charities. And it, I really don't think um, it's so much of, of donors not wanting to give. I think there's a disconnect between donors and nonprofits now. I think 2024 is an opportunity for nonprofits to reevaluate how they're kind of doing their marketing and prioritizing how to catch attention and keep it versus just, just reaching anybody who might not even be Absolutely. a good fit <laughs> for yeah. um, who you're trying to target. Absolutely. Yeah. We got to close that connection gap. And I think that's what it excites me about feather and the customers we get to serve is that's what we help you do is try to close that connection gap. I think it's going to be more and more important as we walk into 2024, but Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. And again, if you're listening to this for the first time and you're interested in getting the good marketing brief, that's an email that drops in your inbox every Wednesday that new helps us curate. Uh, you can find the link below and we do these compliments every Friday um, and we hope it adds value. It hopefully sparks a conversation. Share this with your team as you all continue to plan 
and be dispassionate analysts on what's ahead for you. New, thanks for being here and here's to uh, 2024. Thank you.